Okay, okay. All right, three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 20 of the Purple Octopus Red Twitter podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes, as always. Wes, how are you? Uh, I think I'm doing better than you are, buddy. Yeah, I had like a 36-hour hangover from uh, this weekend. Not that long, but it's been brutal. Um, so this is going to be a little different uh, episode. So we typically record on Thursdays and have the episodes out by like Thursday night, Friday morning. We're going to switch to recording on Mondays, have the episodes out on Monday afternoon. So uh, gives the episode a chance to be out longer before the weekend. Uh, gives people a, a little bit of a longer chance to listen. Um, gives us a little more to talk about, too. I think a lot of stuff happens on the weekend. And then yeah. we don't get to it till four, five, six days later. And then if we don't get to it right away, you know, it slips our mind. And, I mean, fuck, so much shit happens. Like, and it, I mean not just with the Red Wings, but over the whole league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just better. The weekend shit happens on the weekend. And then we don't get to next weekend. And then we miss, like, two weeks of shit, right? Because if we don't talk about the shit that happened the following weekend, and then we don't have the shit that happened that weekend, and then we miss it the following Thursday. Yeah, anyway, yeah. everybody, Thursday's just late to get it out, I think. No, that's true. And, like, yeah, you're right. We miss, like, the whole news cycle of, like, the weekend. And how fast the world moves. Like, no one gives a shit after, like, you know, 72 hours. So, Better right, to get exactly. it out. Because by uh, Tuesday, shit that happened on the weekend doesn't matter. It don't fucking matter anymore. Yeah. Also, we never plug our social medias or anything like that. So, gonna do that now. Purple Octopus Red Twitter on Instagram and Twitter. Um, mine's my Twitter is Red Wings Evan and Wes's is uh, Wes Wright one four seven four one one. I always heard the numbers four one one. Okay, cool. Um, no, okay, does four one one not is not not like. Okay, you know, 911, obviously. 411's like. America, can you not dial 411 and get like your local information? Yeah, but like. Oh, okay. That, yo, that's where I got it from. I wasn't oh, sure okay. if that was just, uh, but uh, yeah, because I'm the information man. I got everything you need, ladies there and gentlemen. You, you need yeah. info? <laughs> got it. I helped out three people this weekend. People that were actually wrote into, uh, wrote into the podcast asking questions. So let's start it off with that. Yes. First, beautiful. I had. Uh, one guy who messaged in um, on Twitter, uh, DM'd us on Twitter, and said uh, he was confused, which a lot of people were, about the Gamal Smith situation. Oh, okay. Um, so Detroit claimed Gamal Smith off waivers on January 19th. And I believe it was Saturday. Um, so one whole month, February 19th, he was claimed by Tampa Bay off of waivers. So basically this person wrote in, they said, please explain to me what the fuck this is. Uh, if you can, um, I don't get why Tampa just got rid of Gamal and then they take him again. Why didn't they just keep him? So here's the thing. Uh, I'll, I'll try to break down waivers as uh, simple as I can. Um, anybody who is not on their ELC an entry level contract is waiver eligible. So in the point of Gamal Smith, who is, a, I believe, a 28-year-old, obviously not on his entry-level contract, um, he started the season on – and also before the season, you, you, there is a, a small window that you can send guys down without the waiver thing. After they, are you talking about like after they clear or before they clear? Well, I'm talking about before the season starts. Oh, like, gotcha. Sorry. I was, there's okay, a little yeah. bit of a, a couple-day window. Yeah, um, yeah. So Gamal was on Tampa Bay's starting uh, opening night injured reserve, which means he was hurt during training camp slash preseason, 
which means and an injured player cannot be sent up or down. So to clarify that first. So Gamal never played a game with Tampa this season or with Syracuse, Tampa Bay's uh, AHL affiliate. Mm-hmm. Because when he came off the injured reserve, they didn't have a roster spot for him. So he needs to go to the minors. Now they have to put him on waivers. So every team in the league gets a chance to put a claim in on Gamal. Now it goes from worst down. Like, so it starts the worst team gets the first shot. Arizona, now, Montreal, yeah. all the way up so through. It's like Montreal, Arizona, uh, like Chicago. Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, didn't put in a claim on Gamal because Detroit got him. But that is also wrong a little bit because if one of those teams had – oh, sorry about that. No, you're good. We're having okay. – watch this drop one of those teams had claimed somebody, their order now goes to the front of the – like, so say Arizona – To the back. Or Montreal right now is dead last. If yeah. they had claimed somebody the day before Gamal got, then they now are at waiver below, like, Tampa, Colorado, Boston mm-hmm. um, because they've used it. So, yeah, so Detroit claims Gamal. Now, let's not forget we had Rowney, Stevens, uh, you know, injuries. So he gets picked up. He gets to play with Giovanni. The, was it only the one game? He two played games. three. Two, two Giovanni was in. Okay, the first game Giovanni was out of the lineup. And Gamal was his replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on the okay. same line. There was history in the making. But regardless, go ahead. Yeah, well, what I, what I get at is I'm sure for the both of them, this is the pinnacle of their yeah. career at this point. Anyway, it'll probably never Ball happen again. Two Stanley cups. So, mm-hmm. you know, but playing with your brother when he didn't really contribute to Tampa's success, his name's not on the cup, but he gets a ring as part of the team. Yeah. Um, so now Detroit has Rowney and Verona coming off injured reserve. That was my point. So, yeah. So we need to send Gamal to the minors, which yep. he needs to be put on waivers for. Now Tampa picks him up. And because they're the team that originally waived him, they can send him right to the minors without having to waive him again. So they pick him up and throw him in the minors. Hey, all is forgiven. Yeah, like, it's like a roster flexibility. A yeah, roster flexibility play. And the whole thing is, you're like you brought up Rowney and Verana. Clearly, the, the reason we're so, put him on waivers is you know a spot for that those two guys to open up. Another thing that you alluded to, but I don't think went full circle on. Um, once he clears waivers, once all 31 other teams have a chance to add him to their or claim him, he can be optioned to the AHL affiliate of whatever team he's currently on. So it would be Grand Rapids, obviously, for us. Um, but he did get yeah, claimed. So nobody had claimed him. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Then we would be able to send him up and, and bring, bring him up and send him down as much as they wanted within those 30 days. Right, roster flexibility. Right. After 30 days there – but that's 30 days from Tampa's waiver claim. Now Tampa picked him up just within the 30 days. So they were 29 point. Say, yeah. You know, even my dad said, what, what the fuck is this? Is this a game Eisenman's playing with his, uh, with Julian breeze one? I said, no, no, no. But I just had to explain the, the waiver yeah. thing to my dad, which, which a lot of people need help with the waiver thing. So it's not a big deal. And it kind of is, I, I was not an unspoken rule, but like, if you have a good relationship, like Steve does with um, Tampa Bay, it's like, okay, we're going to claim this guy. Most likely you can have him back in, you know, 30 days or less times. But again, though, this is just strictly a roster flexibility thing. We have guys yeah. who are getting Waivers healthy. Is a good way to pick up people, not yeah. having to give up assets. 
hey, we got a couple injuries in our lineup. We really we needed Gamal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the 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 with that being that we didn't really have, uh, you know, we could have called up any number of players from Grand Rapids. Yeah, but they're not really NHL impact guys outside of Joe Valano. Yeah, Eiserman could have given a chance to Chase Pearson or a longer chance to Kyle Chris Koalo. But you know what? He had he had Gamal. He actually got Gamal in Tampa. That's right. Off waivers from the Bruins. So this is a Stevie guy. Stevie doing his job. And outside of the draft, I don't think Steve's ever made a bad decision roster-wise. Now, is there anything you can think of? Because all I can think of is a few draft choices. But Well, but that I don't. I, yeah, there probably are some bad draft picks, but after like the second round, dude, it, you, it's shooting. It's impossible to like know what yourself into. The only questionable thing that I think Steve has done, and as of right now, I don't even think it's questionable. But at the time, the Nick Letty signing or trading trade was, I didn't love it, but like if that's the worst reaction you have to two and a half years of trades and signings, that's pretty. Well, oh, but I go. I'm going back as far as Tampa. Oh, Tampa. I, oh. The, oh, he had some bad draft packs. I can think he did is, and this was his very first draft. He took Brett Connolly six overall. overall. Now Brett Connolly has carved out a good career for himself in the National League, not six overall good. No. But if Brett Connolly, who is a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion, if he's the worst thing you did, hey, you're doing all right, Steve. I just looked up his five worst uh, picks. Uh, Brock Connolly is number five on that list. Jonathan McLeod. I don't remember that name. Anthony, yeah, Anthony, that name. Yeah, Anthony D'Angelo. Yeah, but D'Angelo is a good player. D'Angelo's yeah, I think, just, uh, I think they're saying like how he dealt with his contract and stuff was probably what was. Well, it wasn't so much the contract as Anthony being kind of a racist. But well, yeah, I hate. I honestly hate Tony D'Angelo. I think he's a prick too. Besides the racist stuff, he just seems like a prick. Um, but well, he's been tossed around. A, I mean, Eisman threw him out of Tampa. Arizona threw him out. The Rangers threw him out. Uh, you know what? He's actually having a great fucking year. He is having a good year. Yeah. Oh, who's Jonathan... not having a good year in fucking rally? True, Fuck. dude. That Fuck dude. The Eastern they... Conference. Oh God. Wow. Do you think that the Red Wings in the West division? Eh. Oh my god, it's disgusting. Do you think that if the Red Wings are in the West right now, they'd be in a playoff spot? In the Pacific? Hundred fucking percent. If yeah. we're still in our old division with St. Louis and Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, <laughs> let's give a shout out to fucking Bobby Hall. Fucking father of fa- the golden or Silver Jet. The Silver Jet, right. And then the Golden Brett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, the takeaway Silver Jet has given up on the Blackhawks. Like many of us agree, everybody should. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Bobby I, I don't know Hall if this for is... conti- quitting being an ambassador for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I, and like I have a little bit of an inside scoop because I follow Chicago media very closely, and the kind of takeaway from them is that like this was, this is this could have been done five to ten years ago. Um, he he's not super well-educated about like the current game and he's old and says some stuff probably shouldn't say so, but obviously he's a legend and, you know, a staple in uh, Blackhawks history. And then the number one and two uh, fuck ups from Iserman were Jonathan Giroux and then Slater Cuckoo. 
That's fair. Jonathan Duran being a fuck up win when he okay, Cuckoo, I agree. Yeah. Later Cuckoo. I'll give a shout out to him, former captain of the Windsor Spitfires. Um, but I don't think Druin is a fuck up. Yeah. Um... He drafted him. He didn't work out with the lightning. He is doing very well in Montreal. Yeah. Also, you exchanged him for Mikhail fucking Sergachev. Also, true, another true. former Windsor Spitfire. Tell me Stevie doesn't jerk off in fucking Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> but he does, yeah. You can't say that you drafted somebody that you traded for one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah, I don't think Drew ends a, a bust or anything or a, a bad pick. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's nitpicky if Jonathan Drew and like what happened there is, you know, a top two fuck up you've had. So definitely not bad. But uh, yeah, I know you had some stuff you wanted to get to. Um, so let's do that. I want to get first. I want to get to Stevie being like one of those paintings where wherever you go, his eyes just follow you. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Yeah, he he definitely definitely <laughs> like, does look at that. his dumb ear and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Uh, like, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I do have like some stuff, but let's get to yours first, and then we can get to like Red Wings and um, some other shit. Okay. Um, we'll get to a few. Un- uh, let let's go break into what's going on around the league before we get into anything Red Wings. Yeah, sure. Um, the report that came out that under Ber- Bergervan, Bergervan, Montreal's GM, Mark Bergervan, <laughs> former Red Wing defenseman, <laughs> shout out to Bergervan. Um, Montreal under him for 12 years had no skills coach, no analytics department, or any actual athletic development prospect program. What the fuck? And this Dude, is so they hired Sean Burke last year as Carey Price's goaltending coach, and they went to the finals. You're telling me Price has never had a fucking goalie coach before, and the first year he gets one, he goes to the fucking finals. Yeah. So uh, the, the no thing analytics that... department isn't that bone dead stupid after the first lockout in 04? Didn't everybody get an analytics department back then? I can see how like Burger Van being like. The way and he is, no not having one. development program. That's ridiculous. That's fucking wild. I want to look at their first round draft picks the last fifteen years. How well, you said twelve their, years? Their previous one was the rapist from the London Knights. So the London Knights are taking care of prospect development. That is unbelievable. I still like am shocked by that. And it came like we knew going into the draft that like no one was going to pick him. And then all of a sudden and Montreal's like, in- well. Also though, you wasted a first rounder on him. You could have easily picked him up in the third or fourth. Fucking seventh round. No one else was going to draft him. No one else was going to draft him. Mr. Irrelevant, the last man in the draft. Yeah, I could have been. Uh, they had, I guess they've had some good draft picks. Caden Gooley last year. Um, Cole Caulfield. That's not really working out too well, but I mean. No, time, but Gooley should be great. I mean, he was on Canada's junior and Olympic teams this year. Um, yeah, he was taxi squad. I don't think he played any Olympic games, but. Uh, his brother also plays for Anaheim, I believe. Maybe still in the minors, but there is another Ghoulie. I could be wrong about Anaheim, but I feel like I'm right. I yeah. probably am. Let's be honest. You can all read no, I think... number four there. It says right because I'm fucking right. <laughs> and then uh, the 2018 pick was uh, Yes, Barry, Cookout Niemi, so... You know that worked yeah, out. Yeah, and what you and what you gave up, like what you got for giving him up, you gave up for getting Christian Dvorak, who evidently yeah. is on the top of their trade block right now. 
Now, yeah, if, we got to get into if, that. If they can somehow, they gave up a first and a second or third. The second third is conditional. So let's say a first and a, and a second. If they can at least pull a second back for Christian Dvorak, then the new they should get more than. I think they get more than a second. Uh, they've done good. I don't know. It's not Jeff Gordon. Uh, something Hughes, who was a player agent. I can't think of his first name. Not Cameron Hughes, was it? The new Montreal manager. My, anyway, my brain. Jeff Gordon. Also, Martin St. Louis, while we're on the topic, shout out, got his first win as a Montreal Canadian. I don't know if what you, you saw what he said in the press after. He said, I was more happy for my father, who was stressing so much that I hadn't won anything yet. So I got to load <laughs> off his back. So shout out to Marty. Um, I'm a big Marty fan. I was a longtime season ticket holder in Tampa. Marty's a Stanley Cup champion, a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, yeah. came up as one of the worst ever and finished as one of the best ever. Not Oh, is that good? Yeah, shouts out to the little guys, too. Oh, I always root for the little hockey players. Uh, but also, okay, I just want to finish off, like, the last couple picks that they've had. Ryan Paling in 2017. And then we just talked about it with Kyle Sergachev in 2016, ninth overall. I know that worked out. So Now, see, if anything, that is the biggest black guy on Bergevin that they get. But you know what? At least <laughs> Drew Ann did good in Montreal, so it doesn't look as bad. Had Drew Ann done nothing in Montreal like he was doing in Tampa, Imagine how bad that Bergevin would have lost his job a year ago, even though yeah. Bergevin wasn't playing a fucking year ago. <laughs> I'm gonna pull up the Red Wings' first round draft picks and like their draft history just to compare it to like. Um... Oh, buddy, give me a fucking come on! I now I want trivia time. Tell me a year, and I'll tell you their first round pick. Okay, well, let me see. Well, let me give let me give you one that's like would be relevant, but like not too easy. Um... Yeah, don't give me like 1992's first pick. But I'll tell you who 91 was. Okay, yeah, who's, okay. Na- who's 91? Bob Bugner, right? Keith Primo. I was going to fucking oh, guess Keith Bob Primo, Bugner too. Is Bob 1990 then? Uh, no, 90 was Primo. So 91 was Bugner. I said 91. You said 91? Well, yeah, what year is Bugner? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, LaPointe was 91. Oh. What year uh, was Lynch? Lindstrom was like 87, 89. Bugner was first round. Lindstrom was like third round. Same draft. Yeah. Imagine that. Bob Bugner over Nick Lindstrom. Shout out to the Boogie man also. I've shared a lot of fucking drinks with that fucking Wednesday over the years. Head coach (laughs) of the San Francisco Sharks now. All right. Here. This will be a tough one, I think. Oh, no. Um, Hold on. So many, they don't have fucking any first round draft picks from like when they were good. 2010. 2010 first round pick. Is it McCollum? Uh, no. He was, he played 447 games. He was like, what, a, ju- what junior or college did he play with? Give me, give me one thing. He's Canadian. He played at, uh, he was born in St. Catharines. I'm trying to find his uh, – he played Junior B. Is it Corey Emerton? No, Riley Sheehan. Oh, he played at Notre Dame. Oh, did he really? I, I don't know why I'm on fucking Wikipedia. This is like the worst site ever. <laughs> Dude, do you not remember what happened after Riley's first National Hockey League game at Joe Louis Arena? Now, this no. is probably going back, what, six six years? Farther back than that. 
after his first game, okay, six, seven years, can't whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, after his first game, at, uh, his first game in the NHL was at Joe Louis Arena, and at about midnight that night. So you got to think the game probably ended around ten thirty. About midnight that night, he was pulled over in his Lambo or his Ferrari, one or the other, in front of Como Hall on Fort Street. Um, starting to ring a bell. Driving drunk. And when the cop got to the car, Sheehan was there alone, completely naked. <laughs> I, no, I don't remember that. Holy shit. That's awesome, though. Dude, I'm looking at the fucking... Tell me how great your first NHL game was. That after the game, you got a DUI naked in a fucking Ferrari a block outside of the fucking rink. That's incredible. What did, like, the Illiches and um, Ken Holland have to say about that? Uh, I think – I don't know. I really don't know. That's um, now, one thing I was just reading about while we're on the topic of people getting fined, um, there is a $500 fine and a lifetime ban for throwing an octopus on the ice in Detroit. Really? Yes. Now, as of his re- – now, not his retirement – as of the last time he ever played a game for the Detroit Red Wings, Johan Franzen picks up every single fine for somebody. So, like, <laughs> we had Cam on. Cam didn't even know there was a fine because they don't even tell the person. They give the $500 fine right to either Franzen's the Red Wings fucking inbox, to yeah. Franzen or right to Franzen. And Franzen also pays a small amount so that you do not get thrown out of the arena by Detroit Police. Now, whether that's wow. still an ongoing thing or whether the Detroit police just say, fuck it, let's not throw them out. It's there is yeah. a NHL rule that it is a $500 fine for throwing an octopus on the ice. Now, wow. there's also in the playoffs a $25,000 fine every time Big Al Sabotka comes out, you know, he picks up. Yeah, yeah. Now, when the NHL first fined him $25,000, he did that for a game one first round of the series against Nashville. I was at that game. I believe it was 2013. Sounds and Mike right. Illich came out and told Al Sabatka, I will pay the fine and I keep doing it. I will pay <laughs> Get all the, the fucking boys riled so up. Sabatka yeah. Sabatka keeps doing it and head up for Chris Illich, who continues to pay that $25,000 fucking fine. That's and awesome. also Johan Franzen for paying 500 bucks for our buddy Cam Mio. Yeah, that's funny. I like, I didn't, I feel like I've heard like something similar about that, but I didn't know it was like to that extent. That's fucking hilarious, though. Um, I'm looking you know at what? How, what does that tell you about that team? Oh, if you get in trouble at my rink, oh, you work for me. I ah, don't worry. Illich is like, oh, you work for me. Ah, I'll yeah. take care of it. And then Franzen's like, oh, what? You cheered for me? Ah, you can't get in trouble at my rink, boys. Fuck. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a legend, dude. I'm looking at the uh, like 2019 and 2020 draft classes from the Wings. And like half these guys could be in the NHL at some point, like most cider. Oh, what draft you were sorry? Uh, I'm looking at 2020 and 2019, and they're dude, like 2020 Raymond Wallander, Niederbach, Krostina, Sabrango, Vero, Bednar, Bednash, whatever. Like those are all potential. Well, besides Raymond, those guys are going to be in the NHL probably at some point. Yeah. And then the year before hey, that. But now I know. Oh shit. Sorry. Now I know these things are not one in the same, but uh, William Willinder, who is a good defensive prospect. Yeah. I uh, 
on my NHL 22 video game on my franchise. When you start season one, I now I know they're not comparable. I just want to shout out Wallander for at least being great in a fucking video game. He starts, I think, at like a 62. When I start the franchise, he's an unsigned prospect playing in Sweden. After year one, I had to sign him. He was 88 overall. What the fuck? What was he in the game? Like a uh, medium top four, medium top two. Yeah. Dude, after one year, that's him playing in Sweden. He was 88 overall. I started the season. Cider, who starts franchise mode at an 84, was an 87. Jesus Christ. Raymond, God, I will suck his cock. The guy was 98 to start of my second year. I'm like, Jesus. oh, fuck. I got Connor McDavid here, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a fuck. I mean, both those guys, huge overrating. They're both incredible, but. Oh, well, do you have any more questions from people that wrote in? Or was it just that one? Uh, I feel like there was another one. I don't know if I, nah. uh, a couple other things I do have to get to. Um, we talked about last, not last week, a few days ago when we recorded our last podcast, the USA Canada women's gold medal game. Again, shout out yeah. Canada. Um, yep. 3.54 million viewers worldwide, more wow. than any NHL game this season. Wow. And the most watched hockey game in the United States since 2019. Whoa. What the fuck? Canada, U.S. Fuck. Yeah. Huge shout outs for you. Um, And also, Olympic stuff. Who fucking won the Olympics? Uh, Fucking. uh, Finland. Finland. Yeah, they beat beat Russia. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. That's my next point here. Red Wing legend. Valtteri Filpula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain, ca- hey, oh, Red Wing jersey. Captain right here behind me. Captain's Finland to the gold medal is the Finnish flag bearer at the opening ceremonies. I, I'm not done with Val Filp yet. The oldest Finn to ever win an Olympic fucking gold medal. There's some good ones there, too. Yeah. Tell me <laughs> that you can end your career better without telling me you'll end your career better. Valtteri Filpula is going out in a flash, like his Finnish flash counterpart, Timu Slot. No, shout out to Filp. Yeah, captaining Finland, winning the gold, being the first, the, the oldest Finn to ever win a gold medal. That's huge. Finland has been around a long time, like the Olympic Games. Yeah. So shout out to 40 year old Val Filp. And a Stanley Cup, too. 40. Probably around there. He got a cup in 08. How many years did he play in Detroit? With those two different stints. Probably like close to 10. He came in at about 06. And yeah. he was gone by like 12. So he was then, there about six years and then about three years. And then yeah, the other came back in, six years, he was Tampa, Philly Islanders. Yeah, and then he came back in 17 through He came 19? back when Eisenman came back. So 19. 19. Right? Yeah. And then played. And you know, it was Eisenman that took him over to Tampa. Hey, Eisenman guy. Yeah, you can tell like Eisenman obviously is like very loyal with his with his guys. Like also, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna say it's not only Steve Eisenman who's pretty loyal, because my father, who's a former Red Wing fan, uh, who claims that he is a diehard Tampa fan, bought this jersey the first day he came available. Oh, that's sick. So <laughs> Tell me my dad wasn't remembering the good days of Val yeah. Philp in Detroit. I just watched those highlights, dude. 
that that place it just looks unbelievable. Joe Lewis when they were good, like oh, it'd be so awesome to go back there and see that. The place is a madhouse. Like if the capacity was like sixteen five or whatever it was, like seventeen five, there's eighteen thousand people in that building. There's not an inch of standing room. The best game. The best game I was ever there for was the O2 Stanley Cup game. Carolina. They they swept. They swept Carolina. No, game five. Carolina won game three, I believe. Oh, this this swept Philly in '97. Yeah, yeah. And Washington in '98. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other things. Um, then we'll, I guess we'll jump ahead to 2008 against Pittsburgh because the next thing on my list has to do with the Penguin. Sidney Crosby, the newest member of the 500 goal crew. That's big. Now, the bigger thing is that we're such congratulating Sidney Crosby on 500 goals that we're forgetting that Ovechkin did this like eight fucking years ago and they came yeah. into the league at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it is Crosby's nuts. not the goal scorer. So, anyways, shout out to Sidney Crosby. One of the best there ever will be. 500 goal crew. Yeah, we talked about it on Thursday. Like, he's potentially a Mount Rushmore guy in hockey history. But, yeah, Absolutely. he's got – huh? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 1,079 games played, he's got 1,372 points. Almost double um, assists than goals. So, um, yeah, incredible player. Generational talent. Uh, yeah, what else you got? I I don't have a ton. <laughs> uh, okay, Sarah, we're going to go back to the Olympics for a second. Sarah Nerves, who I mentioned during our last podcast, broke Haley Wickenheiser's record for most points in a single tournament. She is also the first black female hockey player to win a gold medal in the Olympics. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, let me just see what else I got here. Non Red Wings related. Oh yeah, I have a couple Wings things. So, um, oh today, or maybe it was yesterday. Um, JF Barube, goaltender for Columbus, made his first NHL start since 2018. Jesus, on the same day that the Hamburglar Andrew Hammond. Made his first start since 2018. <laughs> that was a with fun the run. Montreal Canadians, the Hamburglar. He he was a victim of circumstances after that amazing run in Ottawa. Glad that he's back in the league. That just shows, uh, you know, dedication, commitment to the game, and uh, you know, people that have that much, like Barube and Hammond, guys in their 30s that, you know, for all intents and purposes, the best parts of their careers have passed them by. Shout out to you guys hanging in there keeping it up, keeping the dream alive. And, you know, they keep dreaming and they're, they're back. They're on top of their dreams. Right. So shout out to Barubi and Hammond. Um, stay on the Olympics for just a second. Now after watching Olympics, I know now the Olympics are over. So this will be the last we talk about it. Cause I know we've been beaten it to death. For like I like the Olympics. Dude. Olympics. They get so much hate for no reason. Shut the fuck up. Olympics are sick. Well, all, all we really want to talk about here is Olympic hockey. Sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah. what I want to talk about is that I'm now okay if we don't draft Brad Lambert. Oh, you're talking about the uh, – I can't say his last name. Sefavala. Slavkovsky. 
Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I he, want him. Yeah. So, uh, where did I see this? Yeah, he's he's obviously climbing up draft boards because of the performance he put on during the Olympics. What, did he end the tournament, the leading point getter? Or yeah, uh, it, okay. five goals in five games. Yeah, uh, I I could be getting this wrong because I was just reading through a bunch of profiles, but I think he's a really good skater. The game sense is kind of like Edmonton, where that's like the biggest concern. Uh, good shot, good hands, and I want to say he's a big boy too, like a six. Three six. He's, he's about six four two twenty. So. Yeah, so he's a big boy. It makes sense for the Red Wings prototype that Eiserman is just cramming down these big uh, European kids down our throats, which is good. I like that. Yeah. But also, so I'm yeah. okay with Brad Lambert, but I'm also okay okay with Slavkovsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And once we get a little bit closer, we, we talked about it before. Once we get a little bit closer to. Um, the lottery and draft day. We'll do some like we can do some like profiling of these guys. Watch some tape and come back oh, yeah, with a couple takeaways. Sure. Now um, the next one, the last thing from the Olympics, I promise you. Yeah. Is not this year, but well, may, maybe this year, but it won't help this year. Not until next year. Philadelphia, Carter Hart. Don't worry, reinforcements are on the way. If anybody watched the. Russian Olympic Committee or whatever they were called, their starting goalie, Ivan Fedotov, who is blowing away KHL competition, was drafted in the seventh round by the Flyers in the Holy 2015 draft. Holy shit. He has stayed in Russia. He is tearing up the KHL. This is about the fourth year in a row he's tearing them up. He said, he said to a Russian media outlet after – their gold medal loss that he's done playing against non-NHL competition. That means get ready. Sick tandem. Now, when he comes over, if he comes over and debuts in the NHL, he will be the tallest goaltender, a whole two inches taller than Vasilevsky and Ben Bishop. This Sasquatch is six fucking nine, 220 pounds. Jesus. Hey, how big was Pekka Rinne? He's up there too, right? I feel like he was a big boy. I gotta I look like that up. Probably like six five, six six. Yeah. He's you six got, five. Uh, Jason Mission, who was a kid from my uh, hometown. Fuck, this guy was a big boy. Okay, I oh. just got a confirmation text Wednesday. We have all right, we're gonna say it on the air because I already put it on their Instagram. Wednesday, we're gonna interview, so it'll be out next week's episode. We got a yep. former or maybe we put it out Wednesday. Let's see how things go with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know who, who the Detroit Red Wings play Wednesday, we got our arch rivals, the Colorado Avalanche. For those of you who don't know, on Wednesday, we will be interviewing former Avalanche defenseman Ryan Wilson, the self-proclaimed master of the cards, the original <laughs> grower of the flow, and the sauce, number 44, Ryan Wilson. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I can't wait. Yeah, it'd be cool right, talking to him. Red Wing related stuff. Yeah. First yeah. Up, um, Saturday night in Grand Rapids was a historic night. They put a second jersey into their rafters, retired the number seven of Michelle Picard. So shouts out to Picard, who played with Grand Rapids not only while they were in the AHL, but he played for them in the 90s when they were in the IHL, the defunct International Hockey League. Shouts out. Shouts out to 
Picard for that. Uh, oh, one, I think I got one other. Okay. The biggest thing that I have here is gotta be this goddamn beauty of a human being. And you're not Will a representative if you haven't seen that for the past, I think, 11 games, he's scoring a goal and an assist a game. Well, he's scoring a goal every game, at least the last 10 or 11. Elmer Soderblom. Talk to us. This fucking kid, man. I mean, we've, okay, we haven't really seen him. He has 17 goals, seven assists in 38 games, up till 10, up, up at the point of 25 games, he had like six goals. So he's killing it. Um, We're stacked. We're fucking he's stacked. Big boy. Now he's, pardon me, sorry. We're stacked. The prospect pool is stacked. Yeah. And I mean, I don't expect on everyone to hit, but let's take a look at the case of six foot eight, 226 pound Elmer Soderblom, 20 year old from Sweden. I think he comes over next year. I think he needs one year, at least one year in Grand Rapids. Um, If you look at the strides he's taken, a huge part uh, of the equation has been him learning to use his long reach, which is incredible. Uh, this skill will one day, the, the way he uses his reach and his safety for the puck, this is the skill that will, I believe, mark my words, I'll say it now, I'm right, let's be real, will get him to the fucking National League one day. Yeah, So amazing the street of strides, but he will need to refine his game, I believe, on North American ice. Yeah. He's not a he great skater, right? That's his not. next year in the National Hockey League. But I doubt Iserman or Soderblom or any of Red Wing Brass are going to try to rush him along. We don't even need him right now. Is the thing, this year. dude? He played 28 games last year in Sweden, in the in the top league in Sweden. He had five points. He's played 38 games. He has 24. 24. This is a yeah. guy that put up three points in five games at World Juniors one year. I mean, yeah. These no, uh, the prospect rankings, the prospect pool rankings came out recently. We're number two right behind uh, LA. But looking at some of these fucking numbers, they're ridiculous. Like Cross and Os, he's, he's playing in the dub, which is like obviously in only offensive league, but 45 games played, 59 fucking points. Thanks for coming. Um, Liam Dower Nelson. Huh? Who's this? Cross and Os. Who? Cr- Cross Hanas or Hanus? Oh, Cross Hanus. Hanus? Hanus? How do you say it? Cross Hanus. I like Cross Hanas. That sounds sick. I, I didn't know what you were talking about. I thought you had some kind of an STI. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, like Bergeron's <laughs> playing incredible too. Uh, Soderblom, we just yeah, talked about. Yeah, you're in the dub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Wallander is just a big motherfucker. He's going to be over here soon. It, now, is it Hanus or was it Alex Cotton that? Do you have the? Do you have? Uh, sorry, Hannes' stats in front of you. Yeah, I got all the prospects up. Was it Hannes that left when the WHL wasn't playing last year and went and played juniors in the states, or was that Alex Cotton? That was Cotton. He played at Denver, right? Um, no, 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 not in college in the U.S. Junior League. I. Um, let me look at his hockey DB. It must have been Cross Hannes. I just got it here. 
And okay. he played for the Lincoln Stars last year. Who plays for Denver? He's got a C name as well. Oh, Carter Mazur. Car- Carter Mazur. Missouri. Mazur, Missouri, yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, did you know that these guys – now, I'm going to go off topic here and shoot it, but fuck it. Nobody cares anyway. Yeah. Um, they like to hear us fucking rage on about bullshit. Uh, in NHL 22, like, Owen Power, Kent Johnson, Veneers, Missouri, um, Red Savage, they're all in the game. Yeah, yeah. For college but kids, they're yeah. on the junior rosters. Well, because those guys were all on the world junior team, right? Yeah, yeah. But you can't get them onto like their NHL team through the oh, rosters. Really? Yeah, but they're in there somehow. But... Maybe because they're not signed. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not but... sure. Uh, some of the stuff I, I had two quick things. It was just like point totals and like overall performance. But Dylan Larkin. He's tied for 15th in the league for points. We had a big debate, probably episode like seven or eight, like around, I don't know, before Christmas. My thing was like, I didn't think he was like a true 1C. And this this year has just proven that he is. I neither did I. I said yeah. that too, that he's not a 1C. We need a 1C. But he is he now. Is now. But did we not say like four, five games into the season that we thought Larkin was a, a 1C now? Yeah. Where yeah. he wasn't for the... But let's not forget, hey, let's not forget now, this is a kid that played one year at Michigan before Detroit threw him to the Wolves in the net, which is a yep. very un-Red Wing-like maneuver. They Truly. Did it. didn't hurt Larkin. Now, people could say maybe it did hurt him, but he also didn't have a good team to play on. You know, it's not like he was going yeah. playing with Crosby and Malkin and not doing good. It's like, oh, they rushed him. Yeah, like, but with, with Crosby, we knew he was going to be like a generational talent when he's coming to like. Well, that, what, no, that's what I mean, though. I'm yeah, 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 exactly. He doesn't yeah. have those guys to play with him, so it's not like he's a boss. Yeah, and the good news for Larkin, it probably like because he came in 2015 or 14 was his rookie year. 15 was his draft year. So 16 was his rookie year. At 16, he still had like some line mates that were capable of performing. It was up until like 18 where it fell apart. So at least he had like two years. Sorry, of playing 14 with- was his draft. So 15 was his rookie year. 15, 16. And he played 80 games and had 45 points. That's pretty fucking good for a rookie. That's better than a half a point per game. That's fine. I'll give that to a fucking 19-year-old rookie. And we have a rookie that... back team? Yeah. And there's a rookie that I... plus 11. That's that's nuts. Uh, Speaking of rookie... he's never been a plus any other year in his career. Yeah. That makes sense. He's even right now. Well, he's a plus now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus whatever. Uh, but yeah, speaking of rookies on that like same point pace, Lucas fucking Raymond. Um, getting a bit worried because Trevor Zegers has five games in hand and only down by a point. I'm obsessed with the Calder Trophy. I want it really bad. Um, I know you are. You're not the only one. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the end all be all, obviously, because like we know what Lucas Raymond and <sighs> More Sider, Jesus Christ. He's a he's a number one defenseman on most teams in the league. He's yeah, incredible. I think Sider deserves it over Raymond. I think Moritz Sider is a hard position, and Sider's already like the best in the fucking league at his position. I watched a breakdown. I'll have to send you this because this guy does a really good job of like breaking down like how truly special Moritz Sider is. Like and, and it was cool because like this video kind of like compared and contrast um his play in the SHL and like how he's developed exponentially quicker than what like everyone thought he was going to be like he's making smart plays against the boards 
the only the only thing that I still don't like about his game is the lack of shooting. Because we see what happens when he shoots the puck, he fucking scores. Or at least, you know, puts a good scoring opportunity out in front of the net for a rebound, whatever it might be. But um, you know what the thing is? A lot of fans want to argue lack of shooting. And I know I have said that it is. But the way he's playing now, it looks like he attempts to shoot more. The thing fans never understand is we're not seeing a POV cam of what the defenseman has. We like the L shoot, shoot. We don't know that there's four fucking sticks and nine legs in front of the fucking shot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's a good point. But I, I, I do agree that I was one that said I wanted to shoot more. Now it seems like he is shooting at least when he has the opportunities. So when he's not shooting, I feel like, eh, maybe he's not seeing the fucking net. If you don't see the goalie or see the fucking net, don't fucking take the shot. I'll tell you that one for free. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I'll send you this video. Elite prospects did it and it's great. And they also did it with uh, Lucas Raymond, but a little bit different, uh, kind of video, but yeah, like you can definitely tell like these guys are, well, obviously, they're the future, and the future has come a lot quicker than we expected. Yeah, yeah, much, much quicker. Also, I was super thrilled about Lucas Raymond, like I said in episode 19. I had no idea that either him nor Moritz Sider would be this good, this quick, this yeah. fucking young. Yeah. Wow. We didn't we didn't even know if Raymond was gonna make the team when we when the podcast started. We a hundred percent weren't really sure that Cider doesn't True. start the year in Grand Rapids. Yeah, we yeah, we were like 50-50 on Cider. Now, like Wierenski could start the year in fucking Grand Rapids or <laughs> yeah. Cider. Fuck you. Yeah, dude, I, just the fact that these young guys look so promising is like Stevie is probably foaming at the mouth, like waiting for the deadline. Because like if he does move in quote-unquote important piece like what we thought Anthony Mantha could have been for the future it's not going to be as significant as we think because we have these young guys to replace them in one to two to three years I think probably gonna be better better options so I don't know it's it's crazy that like we like I was thinking about this a couple days ago next year if we don't make the playoffs I won't be disappointed but like privately I will be disappointed I, w- I would never say it out loud, but like the way that we're going, dude. Like, what if we don't make the playoffs next year? You'll be disappointed. Yeah, because Boston's gonna. F- well, I, not saying this with full confidence, but like, there's a good chance that Boston falls off after this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, Denny situation will only get better next year with Olmerk and Swayman having time yeah. in the National League. Bergeron is still be there. Pasta, Marshan are still going to be there. And you know what? They're going to have money in free agency. They'll probably fuck it out. I want to look at their uh, their cap friendly. Because I, I have... Oh, looked... hey. I got one thing to say. We talked about Crosby joining the 500 goal crew. Yeah. Now I'll get two trivia questions for you. Mm-hmm. What player assisted on most... The most goals that of an assist... That, uh, the player that has the most assists on a Crosby goal... And how many combined goals did Witt and Biz assist on for Crosby? Uh, Witt probably got like 15 or 20 assists with him. Biz probably got one. Uh, Okay, and the most? The most would be... The obvious answer for me is either Chris Letang or Evgeny Malkin. I feel like it's Chris Letang. Yep. Is it? Okay. How many assists... 
And you know what? A surprisingly, sm- what would you? How many assists on those five hundred do you think Latang has now? I think it's smaller than. I think it's seventy-five. Fifty-eight. What was what was Bezin uh, with? Neither of them ever assisted really? on a Sid Bowl in the regular season. See, I would have guessed that, like, because See, Witt, I would have thought Wit Wit had ten or a fifteen lot because Wit played power play. Yeah, Wit Wit was the their like Wit and Gonchar were their top two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gonchar had about twenty to thirty, but yeah, to, Wit had none. And then wow. Guntzel, who's only played with him for a short time, Guntzel has like fifty. I think Jake Guntzel is. Kind of lost in translation because he played. He's played with so many great defensemen in in Pittsburgh. Got American kid too. Gotta love that. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, Boston's cap space. They have like one point three right now. They have a bunch of like they got to resign Bergeron. They got to resign Kurt Lazar, uh, Jake DeBrusque, who could potentially get traded depending on um, how they're looking. I see. Like that was one that we were talking about earlier. He wanted to get out of Boston. The rumblings are still kind of there, but who's yeah. that? Are you talking about Jake DeBrusque? DeBrusque, okay. Yeah, twenty-five though. So I mean, I'd love to have him in Detroit. He's a Michigan guy, isn't he? I believe he might be. not university, but I believe he's from there. Or did from he go Michigan. to? Oh no, he's from Alberta, <laughs> Edmonton. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, close enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I read a story. Um, you know, I'll give it to her sometimes, but sometimes she can be a little. Uh, Helene St. James from the yeah, yeah, yeah. said that the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman this year were most likely sell at the deadline. Yeah. Oh, Helene, they ain't buying shit. They ain't staying fucking conservative. You goddamn right we're selling, bitch. Yeah, I mean, that's pre- pretty obvious. That's not a, yeah, definitely not a hot take. And like, even right now, that like, you could make the argument that we're competing for a playoff spot, but not really. We're definitely going to be selling quite a bit. Hopefully. Right, now I did have something else from fucking Twitter, fucking the Twitter verse. This guy coming saying, what would you say to trading the Mesnikov for Kravtsov straight up? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Now the only thing I replied to him because I thought this guy's trolling or he's just a lunatical maniac. If he thinks that anybody, especially the New York Rangers, will buy this fucking deal. I said, I like the way Nemeskov's playing. I don't like parting with him right now. Then he comes back yeah, and I agree. an absolute fucking clown for not wanting to trade Nemeskov for Kravtsov. He goes, we get a player seven years younger. And I thought, buddy, all I said was I don't want to trade Nemeskov. And if you think Nemeskov for Kravtsov, if I call the Rangers GM and he takes that, then yeah, one for one all yeah. day. But I don't want to give up Nemestikov and like a second for Kravtsov. Yeah. Now, if that, you want to give up Kravtsov or if you want to give up a second and another player, I'm good. I don't think we give up Nemestikov right now, man. He's having a career fucking year, and I think he likes being back not only with Stevie Y, but like Detroit. he grew up in Detroit, okay? We're talking about a man who did not have parents growing up and was raised by Uncle Slava Kozlov in yeah. fucking Detroit. Yeah. I think the – so my, like, perspective is that, like, if you're going to sell Nemestikov, this is the year to do it. His his stock is an all-time high. The thing is, though – And then he's you gonna, come back in the summer, July 1st, and you sign Yes, but also, 
yeah, that would be perfect ideal situation. But who knows, like, if he wants to be moved, like, he might be like, if you trade me, I'm not coming back. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Oh, hey, Eiserman, if you get rid of me again, I'm, I'm not coming back. Him. Yeah, I don't think he'd say that because I think he just feels like he's at home when he's in Detroit. Which like, also, you be- see, dude, you can see even when he's like when he misses the net with a shot the other night, he fucking missed the net by eight feet. And, and, yes. and then like, and it went out into the netting and he was smiling while he was wiping the stick off his, the snow off his stick. He's smiling. He's happy. He wants to be there. Yeah. If he was somewhere else. He didn't want to be, he'd be gripping his stick so hard when he missed a chance like that, that he'd never score again. Yeah. So he's yeah, having yeah. fun. That's why he's got fucking 23 points in 48 games or whatever it is this year. Cause he's having fun. The, the grips. I'll tell you what else, you know, who else has got loose grip right now? What did uh, I tell you during the Olympics? I Pelzadina. told you, hey, remember when Nyquist came back and scored all those goals after yeah, the yeah. Olympics? Now Zadina is maybe making a – I mean, he's got two, but this is how it started. They feel two. significant, though. They feel significant. That one yeah, goal, Zadina the game against Philly. a little looser. He's having more fun playing that game. Yeah. Went on a little vacation with his girlfriend, I'll bet you. Smoke show. Jesus Christ. Wow. Show me a guy in the NHL that doesn't have a smoke show white. He's a good-looking guy, too, so it's not, like, shocking that he's got, you know, he's got that. But, um, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, and for it shocks sure. you that I'm single? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's huge, though, and that was the same game that Mo had one of his goals, too. So, uh, I, think I, I think I talked about that on Thursday. Monkey off the back goals, but very different. But, yeah, we got uh, – we got some good, exciting stuff coming up this week. Interview. We'll drop that. Uh, we got a game against Colorado. Should be a good one. I'm going to I'm gonna hammer the Red Wings. I'm going to hammer them. It just seems like this team does not want to go away. You're just going to piss your money away on Wednesday? Dude, they're going to be like plus 225. It's going to be minus one and a half spread at like minus 117 to 125. And you know what else it'll probably be? 11 fucking one after 60 minutes, guys. (laughs) But you know what the wings are? Like, they play good against – sometimes they do. Sometimes they play good against good teams. Like, New York, they beat them in overtime. Colorado's a significantly better team than New York, but we'll see. No, you know what? We have had guys step up this year and do astronomical things. Larkin and Bertuzzi for the amount of time that Bertuzzi missed last year for, and then to him having all the anti-back stuff and not being able to play in so many games, still going, tearing it up. Larkin, top of the league, tearing it up. Raymond Sider, rookies. I think we owe the most uh, praise for this year to Alex, one individual. And I don't want to take anything away from Raymond or Sider. I really think a lot of this goes on the shoulders of Ned. Yeah. This guy, every single day, is playing outside of his fucking mind. He's so good. If Sebastian Kosa comes in with a drop of Nadelkovich's talent and all of his work effort, this guy's going to be the best goaltender. Like, he could be <laughs> yeah. Mark Andre Fleury. We have a sick tandem. We're going to have an awesome tandem. We might only have that tandem for like three years. Yeah. yeah. When Kosa asks for $11 million and then Ned has to go kick the brick. When Ned asks for fucking nine and a half. At the same time, Kosa asks for yeah. 13. Perfect. Yeah. 
It's going to be tough. On his first contract, eh? So, Stevie, I was thinking about uh, about uh, 10 digits, huh? Excuse me? Yeah. Dude, that, that's like the biggest problem with like have – it's a great problem to have, but it's, it is a problem that you draft super well and restock and retool as hard as we are and rebuild as hard as we are because you're going to have all these incredible players coming up. You can't sign – these, well, you have to do a lot of bridge contracts if you want to keep all these guys around. But yeah, but the beautiful thing is that you can take the ones that are uh, progressing the least and trade them away for big picks. The thing is, I'm afraid of what happened in Chicago in like 2014, 2015 with like Panarin, with Tara Vinen, with all those guys that were these young budding superstars. But Eisenman isn't going to make the same stupid trades that yeah. stand. I get okay. So looking back at it, like the Panarin trade was maybe one of the worst in NHL history. They got what Andrew Shaw. Especially Shawform. when Columbus called wanting to bring Con. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, hey, the Brincott's a great player. Now let me ask I you another him. question, Michigan guy. Hey, yeah, exactly. Kenny Holland, he was in your backyard for how many fucking years? How'd you scrape that one? Let that one get by you, you old testicle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just called him a testicle. That was a good one. I like that. That was fiery. <laughs> I'm watching the Montreal-Toronto game right now. It's fucking boring. Yeah, it's Montreal-Toronto. They're only good on Saturday night. Guess, guess who's winning? Hopefully Montreal. Montreal's winning 1-0. <laughs> Do you know where we are the only team that's lost to them twice this year? And the funny thing is we beat them – Six out of, or four out of four times in the last in 2019. Year. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or two years ago, yeah. 2019, yeah, 2019, 2020. One of the worst historical teams in hockey. And we beat and the we Montreal Canadiens. four times, yeah. yeah. And nobody, nobody swept them that year except Which, us. But they weren't even good, though, is the thing. It's just like a weird anomaly that it happened. Yeah, also, what we the were, fuck are they going to do? But we were bad. One of the worst teams in hockey. But, I mean, history. look, they're, they're historically bad this year, and they've taken us twice. Which I'm happy about. That's four points we don't fucking need. I know. Now I know. we're in coattails, and I don't like that fucking story, baby. I knew I'm all I. about Yuri Slavovsky. Yeah, I'm still on the Brad Lambert train, but yeah. Oh, after hey, tournament. listen, I'll take a Brad Lambert. I'll take a Matthew Savoy. Fuck, I'll take a Geeky. I'll take a David Gurusev. That's who it was, Connor Geek. Connor Geeky and his older brother are like going back to back draft classes. I think Geeky went to. Uh, I got to look it up now. New Jersey, maybe? Oh, Connor Geeky's in Carolina. Morgan is that what it is? I knew it was Carolina. a red team. Huh? I knew it was a red team. I, just, I didn't remember. But not back-to-back drafts, dude. Morgan Geeky's been in the league a few years. Has he really? Was he Was he Moe's draft class? Uh, he might have been like 2016, dude. Was he really? Geeky, uh, Morgan Geeky, 17. Nico Hishier, Nolan Patrick's year. Oh, shit, that, okay. Ra- we got Rasmussen that year, ninth overall. Oh, the reason I brought that up was because there was like a – I sent you like the TikTok of it, but it was uh, the younger Geeky. Uh, he was like mic'd up for a game. Seems like oh, an awesome yeah. kid. Seems like an awesome kid. Yeah, that's that's Connor Geeky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what else you got? Anything? Oh, that's about it. We should try color cast again or something on Wednesday because it's fun. It's fun to do, uh, you know, some other stuff besides the podcast. Do you see this, the Michigan basketball coach thing? Yeah, dude. What's up with Ohio State? 
Was it not their football coach that tried to fight fucking Harbaugh after the game too? Well, this was Wisconsin. The this was uh, Wisconsin, oh, Wisconsin versus. Wisconsin, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but he grabbed uh, Howard, right? Javon, what's his name? Jawan Howard. Is it Jawan? <sighs> what's his name? What's his first name? Jawan. Jawan. Sorry, I was saying Javon. No, so no, you're good. He grabbed him though, like Javon, Javon, whatever. Howard was seemed like he was going through the handshake pretty like normally, like a classic thing. And then all of a sudden, the Wisconsin. Now maybe I didn't see all of it. All I saw was now the Wisconsin coach runs up and grabs him, and it's like. Bro, and then and then the fucking shitty Wisconsin like assistant coach or something after the police took Howard away. Here's this fucking Wisconsin coach, and he's like, "Yeah, like, no, really? I- did you just tell him to suck it, Triple H, 1997? Like, grow the fuck up." So basically, what happens is the video is like playing right now on my TV, but they they both come at each other kind of tough. But Wisconsin called timeout in a blowout game with 20 seconds left. Jawan Howard didn't like that, but uh, it just came. Oh yeah. Then he reaches out the assistant coach and like smacks his nose. But um, yeah, Jawan did grab his uh, assistant coach's head, but then that assistant coach tells him to suck it. Like yeah. dude, I used to tell kids to Can't suck it when I was in grade seven and playing tag at fucking recess. Yeah. I, uh, I forgot Greg Ward, I think is the Wisconsin coach, but he got fined 10 K that just came out. And then Jawan Howard got the rest of the regular season uh, suspension. We'll be back for the tournament. Oh fuck! I mean, how's I don't I don't follow college ball much until the tournament. How's Michigan doing? They're a good team. They'll, they'll be in the postseason in March Madness. Well, now will they have, like be a team that has a chance, or will they be like a sixty seed? It's weird because Michigan's always one of those teams that like if they get into the tournament, they have a shot. So yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, kind of like my Gators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they've lost me so much money in the tournament over the last four or five years. Yeah, you don't bet on Florida, buddy. They'll do that to you. I think they were a three-seed against fucking, like, Alabama State, and they were, like, you know, whatever it was, and they ended up losing the game outright. They lost, like, Basketball or football? Basketball. Yeah, not since fucking uh, I was there when Joaquin Noah was on court were they doing anything. Shouts out Joaquin Noah, dude. Chicago Bulls legend. haven't done anything fit on the field since I was there. Shout out, Bebo, <laughs> Cam Newton, uh, Riley Cooper. Um, Dude, that – that um, uh, Percy Harvin. Yeah. Uh, about 27 other guys. But that again, era was fucked. Since I left, they haven't been able to win the three national championships they won when I was there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that – I'm not that, saying I'm the fucking missing piece, but – Bring him back. I haven't seen bring them him win back. a national championship without me attending, so. You got to call the AD. Shout-outs to Wes Wright for being yeah. there when the game beat him. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll talk on uh, – we'll talk Wednesday. we got a oh, good interview. There's one more thing I wanted to say. Yeah. The win against the Rangers, was that our best game of the season? Um, the first period was fucking awesome. Um, it was a good game. Hey, overtime. Panarin on the breakaway. Larkins – flying in out of nowhere to bust that yeah. up. Dude, not only the fact that he came out of nowhere, but the fact that he didn't just come in busting his stick like a wild man trying to yeah. flag this guy down. He came in and mathematically did the equation on what he needed to do and got the... I was like, are you shitting me? And it's Panarin too, like a good skater. Yeah, yeah, the, well, that, yeah that's exactly it. I mean, he had no chance... Well, first off, nobody in the league has... Uh, uh, should even be allowed to catch up with Panarin, but everybody doesn't realize.
realize that Larkin is actually the, the fastest, fastest skater in the National League. The fastest player. Um, the, actually, the fastest skater ever recorded on ice. Yeah. Technically. Yeah, not a deal. Yeah. Oh, that was just a great bust up. And then right after that, um, Cider getting the puck in the corner and Kreider looking like he was just going to hit him from behind. And Cider so just gives him the fucking reverse. And Kreider flew about three feet and just ate his ass on the ice. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then Cider had the puck for like 47 seconds straight after that. Like just went Harlem Globetrotters down the ice. Yeah, dude, it's fucking and, unreal. Like when he was going down the ice, all I could hear was, yeah. You know, I can't really do the Globetrotter stream whistling, but you get where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That was a good one. We'll talk soon. Yeah, sounds good. All right. See you, buddy.